Hello and welcome to the latest Think Business podcast. Today I talked to Samantha Kelly, also known as Tweeting Goddess and founder of the Women's Inspire Network. As a single mother, she started and sold her first business, Funky Goddess, before going on to keep inspiring women founders with the Women's Inspire Network. She talks about entrepreneurship, diversity and social media. Hey, I'm joined today by Samantha Kelly, known online as the Tweeting Goddess. She's more than 56,000 followers on Twitter, but as well as being, I, I suppose, kind of a social media ninja or hero, whatever way they want they to call themselves these days, she also is the owner and founder of the Women's Inspire Network and describes herself as a community builder. Samantha, tell us first of all about how you got, how and why you got into social media. Well, uh, first of all, thanks a million, John, for the opportunity to have a chat. Um, it's it's it, it really my story is kind of I always say, well, you know, it kind of happened by accident. But I suppose, you know, things don't really happen by accident. And um, I started a different business, which was called Funky Goddess. My it was in 2011. My dad had just passed away and my marriage had just broken up and I just hit 40. And um, my daughter, who has is hearing impaired, um, has a hearing disability. Um, she was about to start mainstream school. So there was all these things lined up in a row for me to do something anyway. And I was kind of thinking, mm, what am I going to do now? You know, I had background in sales and customer service. So I didn't really know what I was going to be doing. But um, my other daughter came to that awkward milestone <laughs> of womanhood. And so I went to the pharmacy to find her something nice to kind of gift her. And I saw there was no beginner sets for girls. So I decided, oh, maybe I'll do it, even though I had no money. <laughs> I had no business experience. And I just thought, actually, if I need this, maybe other women need it. Maybe other moms and dads need it for their daughters. So that's really how it all started. But I wasn't on social media. I barely had a Facebook page. And my sister, who was at Roz, who's into web design and all of that, she said, look, I'll help you with a website. You think of the name. And it kind of went from there. So that's she actually put me on Twitter. So she was the one that actually said, you need to go on Twitter to market your business because I had no marketing budget. I was a lone parent. I had no money and there's no way I was going to get a loan off the bank, <laughs> you know, So because I hadn't got a good record, you know. Um, and uh, it was the, kind of around this recession time, too. So nobody really had good records, not just me. <laughs> so that's when it started. And that's really um, Funky Goddess was was a huge success. And I, I discovered to my delight that I had a really good knack for connecting with people, especially on Twitter in particular. And I knew that if I told stories and if I got stories from other people, um, that that was what would sell my product. And that's really, that was what happened. I just realized, oh, hang on, I have something here um, that actually I'm good at, you know, and it was a surprise to me as well. I have to be honest, um, but <laughs> I didn't go to college or anything like that. So it was just really nice, you know, and then when I shelved Funky Goddess because I actually needed investment, I couldn't keep doing it um, the way I was doing it. I was I was selling them left, right and centre, but I wasn't actually making a profit. And any business person knows <laughs> you need to be making a profit. Yeah, I went on Dragon's Den and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But my profile kept rising because I kept being interviewed because periods were such a taboo topic, you know, and they still are kind of, you know, maybe I was a little bit early, you know, at that stage. But, you know, it was such a taboo topic that everybody wanted to interview me and everybody wanted me on the telly, on the radio. And and that, that helped the sales, obviously, but it also helped my profile. 
So when I shelled Funky Goddess, a customer bought it off me. So I sold my first startup. And then what happened was I just um, was with um, a company approached me, uh, White's of Wexford, actually, White's Hotel it was at the time. And they asked me, they said, you're really good at this Twitter thing. Would you teach us how to use it? Like, And I was like, oh, OK. And then they said, oh, gosh, actually, would you just do it for us? Because, you know, we you know, we just don't have the time. And that was my first customer. And I went, oh, if, if people are willing to pay me to manage their social media, then maybe I have a business here. And that's how Tweeting Goddess started. Ah, and like, I mean, when I, I read your bio again, and I think it was around 2011, thereabouts, when you got into Twitter, I may be wrong. I, I, I would have been... Right. I would have been on Twitter from around, I think it was 2007, 2008, as one of the early adopters in Ireland. But I never, I, I use it, but I never really kind of, I, I would say, I don't spend all my time on it. And that's where I, I probably haven't cultivated enough, maybe. But the, the, what did you think of Twitter at the time? I mean, has it changed much since then? There was a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of, Twitter gets hit with a lot of criticism for different things. Mm-hmm. It, it is a network. Uh, it's, it's been criticized for a lot of things that has happened on it, like bullying and sexism, you name it. But a lot of the people who stayed on it are diehards. And, you know, if anything, even if you look at the media, it's almost the first place people go to to find out stuff. What, what are your thoughts and reflections on the Twitter that you encountered back then and the Twitter that you use today? Well, actually, it's the same thing for me. I actually realised early on that if you want to attract certain people, it's like life, you know, you're going to attract certain people to you, you know, and if you don't post things that are controversial and if you don't get involved in controversy, you'll be okay, you know, and also I saw that there was an opportunity here because I had such a big following to actually do some good with my following. And I'm all about, you know, I'm, I'm 12 years sober, so I'm on a program and I'm all about doing a good deed every day. So whether that's a useful introduction, a retweet to give someone a boost or anything like that, and that's the way I use Twitter. And there are, I've found so many lovely, positive things happening on Twitter. But the media and, and they are only interested in the negative stuff. That's not going to make the news the good stuff, you know, so much. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, my my tweet I did during the pandemic did make the news and it was a good tweet and it was a good thing that I was doing. So, you know, I think people are, it's great, as you say, people are still using it to get the news as it happens to in real time. If anything happens on the news, I go straight to Twitter to find out the latest, you know, and, and this is what Twitter is going to make what's going to make Twitter stand out and 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 last. And I remember people were saying, oh yeah, Twitter's dead, you know, a few years ago. And I was like, I don't think so because I just knew, I knew that people were always going to need that real time thing. And also the reason I went on Twitter in the first place was, okay, it was for my business, but also it was loneliness, John. I felt lonely. The kids were gone to sleep and I was running a business on my own and I didn't know if I was doing it right. I didn't know how to deal with such and such a customer. You know, I, I, I wanted to learn and Twitter is a great place to learn new things, to build relationships. And I didn't even know I was building relationships. I thought I was just chatting to people who were like me. And that's the power of Twitter. And that's the power that a lot of people don't realize. And then people said, well, you know, when I worked for, when I had the White So Expert Twitter account, their clicks to sale went up 15%. They were like, oh my God, like, 
Dalata, the head office, contacted the girl and said, how did you do that? How did your clicks to sale go up 15%? And they was like, well, Samantha's running the account. You know, that's how. And it was all because I was talking to their customers. I was engaging. I was asking how they were. And that was all I did, you know. And that's when I realized, hang on, people are missing a trick here, you know. And so I decided to share my knowledge and I do a lot of workshops. And it just kind of started that way. But I, there are people who still to this day, don't really know how to use Twitter. And it's one of the platforms that baffles most people, mm. especially bigger companies. Um, but I know it's a powerful place if you want to build real business relationships and if you really want to build your connections, especially with like-minded people. Like even on my bio, it says nice people collector. So <laughs> none of the idiots are going to follow me. You know what I mean? Because they'd be like, oh, don't want to follow her. She sounds too fluffy, you know? So <laughs> it's like, so, you know, I know I kind of, without realizing it, I suppose there is a psychology around it and how I teach it as well. So the people that learn from me learn a different way, probably to the way most people would teach it. And the, you hit the nail on the head there about entrepreneurship. I, I get the feeling or the sense that you're you're kind of an accidental entrepreneur. But the one thing I yeah. do know about entrepreneurs and the real entrepreneurs, and it's probably true of every SME owner manager in the country, especially these days, it's a very lonely place um, running a business. Yeah. Uh, you are making a lot of the calls yourself. You're you're doing a lot of stuff uh, for the first time yourself. You have to learn so much. You're learning on the fly, and you yep. don't have a support network around you to say you're doing the right thing at all. What are your thoughts on entrepreneurship? And you know, particularly for women entrepreneurs, they you know, we're like there's some great things happening in Ireland. Uh, I think there's there's the there's the there's a network around Ireland that are they're encouraging uh, more women from rural areas to set up businesses. You know, but the actual when, when it comes to helping entrepreneurs, I'm not just talking about women entrepreneurs on their own really here, but men and female, male and female entrepreneurs too. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, that, that lonely aspect, is, is, is it something that you've, you've found with, with the people you work with and, and in your own journey that that was, that was the problem? I suppose Twitter helps fix that. Do you know what? It was actually really, I think I was the first person that started talking about it. I see a lot of people feel these things, but they won't talk about it because they think it makes them look weak or something. Whereas the way I live my life is, you know, I think it's important for me to share my story. Like I always say I'm 12 years sober because I want to show, look, I'm not perfect. I was an Egypt 12 years ago, you know, and, you know, it's like, I, we've all make mistakes and I like to kind of show that, look, you know, if I can do this, you can do this. And actually, I started on Twitter, I started a hashtag Irish biz party, which was male and female. Hmm. And it was trending every Wednesday. And it was I just chatting. That. I actually do remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I started that and it got a lot of criticism as well at the time because like, oh, they're just talking and messing. And, but it, what it was doing was it was actually building a real connection for these people who were on, on their own running businesses and then connections were being made. And then we had an actual conference in real life and I saw the power that happened in that room that day. Um, you know, and I knew that these people needed each other. You know, they needed to be able to bounce ideas off each other. They needed to be able to exchange who's the best supplier, who's the best uh, email marketing, who's the best, you know, who, which are the best tools to use, which are the ones to avoid and who are the people to avoid? Who are the people that will, oh yeah, they'll build you a website for 10 grand, but then they'll disappear and they won't help you after that. You know, so yeah. it's about finding good people and, and surrounding yourself with those people. So 
so I had started that. But then I noticed, John, that it was actually women. Like if I was speaking at a conference, if I was doing a webinar, it was if I was doing anything, it was women that were buying the tickets. It was women who were coming up to me at the end of the conference and saying, oh, my God, I thought you, you sounded like me. You really inspired me. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, my God, how can I be inspiring people? And I thought I was just normal. I am just normal. But, you know, I just felt like w- there's something happening here that people actually do need this human connection and this just being able to say, look, you know, I was thinking of doing this, but I'm a little bit afraid. And then I can say, well, just go for it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, like, it's not like, you know, people might think, you know, when I closed Funky Goddess, I did feel a little bit of a failure, but actually I wasn't a failure at all. I got the business to a stage where someone bought it off me. You know, that's a huge success. And it was about changing the mindset of people um, worrying about what others think as well. What other people think of me is none of my business. You know, that's their stuff. So I have to surround myself with people who do get me. Look, even my family or my husband, I'm, I'm sure people listening will agree. Sometimes you can say to your husband or your wife about, oh, yeah, well, this contract, this, that and the other. And they'll go, what are they talking about? Whereas if you say it to another business person, they'll go, oh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Do you see a need for reviving the biz party in this time we're in, especially now that, uh, I, as I pointed out, you know, not only it's not only about people who are starting out, but it's people trying to keep companies going in a time yeah. that, mm-hmm. that's been really, I mean, I saw someone earlier today and we we're just saying like a lot of people have been wrong-sided by this entire situation with COVID mm. because there was nothing wrong with their businesses before all this. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's very sector specific, particularly if you're in hotels or airlines and the industries like that. Uh, yeah. No fault of your own, your business is now on, on its head. And, and, and you know, if you're in tourism, yeah. something like that. What do you think about maybe, I don't know, I'm not saying suggesting you revive it, but that that whole issue of, 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 of a lonely leader today in, in today's economy? Well, um, like... I think it's leaders in particular. We we need to lead the way. Like so, um, see, I'm saying we as if I'm a leader, but actually, you know, it's 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 about helping each other now. That's what it's about. People right now they need hope, they need compassion, and they need to learn. They need people to help them talk them through the technology like me and yourself and myself like we're quite good with technology but I wasn't always good with technology and I didn't know what button to press and I didn't know how to attach a document to an email you know that's how bad I was and we need to actually these basic basic simple skills we need to be putting them out there and helping each other and I help a lot of people and I, I thought you see the mistake I made was I was helping everyone, but then I was I was broke. I had no money. Like so, I said, "Hang on, you have to be clever here now." So all of these women, like um, actually Irish Biz Party, I, I sold as well over to the crowd, the team. Um, so I don't run that anymore, but um, they're called a different thing now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I Women's Inspire Network, I started because I knew I said, "You know what? Um, there's so many people that need to learn. Why don't I?" create an online network where people can actually learn these skills so that we could learn how to do Instagram, learn how to do an email marketing campaign, learn how to do a sale, John. There are so many people start businesses and we don't know how to get a sale across the line. We don't know how is the best way to follow up after doing Mm. a meeting for a sale. You know, all of these simple things. And um, I knew if I learned and if I could learn it, that other people could learn it. So I said, if I put something together and create Women's Inspire Network, like it's W-I-N, win, get it, see, W-I-N, <laughs> Women's Inspire. But um, I just thought, well, if I do, if I offer more value, people will pay for that. So I charged 20 months and they 
are happy to pay that 20 a month because I add value. So I make sure that I know every single member. I make sure that I know who they are. Um, I know uh, where they live. I, not where they live exactly, but the area they live. And now <laughs> we have members all over. The, I know, yeah. Don't worry, John. I don't know where you live. But, you know, it's like there's people all over the world like me. There's people all over the world who want that connection and want to learn. So I knew I could have a global network. So I have on my vision board to build the biggest online global network in the world. And we have members from Canada, America. It's not just Ireland. And I knew that that was possible because I could see the power of online. I could see the power of the relationships and the sales that people were getting as a result of of these relationships. And I just knew that if I could do this, that others could do the same thing. Um, So it's about... um, I know when COVID hit, the first thing I thought was, okay, people are going to cancel their membership. How do I prevent that from happening? So Mm. what I did was I added more value. And as it happened, the decision makers and the big speakers you probably couldn't normally get on a webinar were doing nothing and they were happy to do a webinar. (laughs) So it was great. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question, though. I mean, I suppose the next one really I was thinking of was really the, the, the actual population of entrepreneurs and 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 you know o- over my years of writing about entrepreneurs I mean, it's, it's always been clear that uh, women entrepreneurs always seem to be on the back foot in terms of funding levels um and at the same time I, i'm often inspired particularly at, at the the group i was trying to remember earlier on was the acorns network for example around ireland and you know some really good examples of efforts to really you know uh, balance the whole the whole situation but i think ultimately you know it still comes down to you know do you see an opportunity do you see a gap in the market do you see a, a market in the gap uh, how mm-hmm. do we, how do we how do we encourage more women to be entrepreneurs? Because I have a lot of people I know in my life who say, "Oh, I wish I'd done that when I could, or I didn't do this, and I, I, I should have started a business, or I'd love to start a business, and I don't know how, I don't know where to start." If yeah. you had kind of a checklist for people who, whether men or women, who who are yeah. you know looking at starting a business and they're second guessing themselves, and they're looking at things like their age, they're looking at things like their they may have a kid in college, they may have yeah, maybe just had had a child. You know, there's never, there's, it's like children, there's never a good time. <laughs> um, so what yeah. would you say, what, if you had a checklist of advice that, that you've built up through the Women's Inspired Network, but if you were advising men and women equally, what would, they, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah, well, men, um, actually, yeah, men, I think men in particular, especially if they're the, the main wage earner as well. Like, I mean, that's, a you know, I I think the first thing is to think, uh, first of all, there's no age barrier, okay? Um the age group of my Women's Inspire Network members, um, that's age 35 to 55. Mm. Okay. So most of them are like me that started their business a bit later. All right. Uh, so uh, the checklist would be, first of all, is there a need for your product or your, you know, your solution? Is there a need for it? So have you got potential customers who will actually pay money to use your service or to buy your product? So that's the first thing you need to think about. Do your market research. Find out, is there someone else doing what you're doing? And and I've often heard, oh, there's no competitors. We've no competition. And <laughs> it always makes me laugh. You know, there's always someone that has a similar idea. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when I get, did the gift box, I found about 10 others similar. And mm-hmm. we actually... I actually reached out to them and we actually became friends and we're still friends now, you know? So sometimes your competitors can be your biggest allies. You know, Mm -hmm. you might have talents that are stronger that they don't have. Um, You know, and I actually don't worry about my competitors. I just keep being the best. That's something I always say to my members as well. Um, You know, and 
so the first thing is, you know, is there something that you can sell that people need? Is Does it solve a problem? And then make sure you get your website branding, get the domain name as soon as possible. <laughs> One of the first things I did, because it was called Funky Goddess, the gift box. So um, get the domain name, um, get your Twitter account, get the social media accounts, um, and then surround yourself like with good people, like CRO, register the name. You know, there's all these things. I actually have a guide on my on the Women's Inspire Network, because it is one of the things I like to do is if anyone is thinking of setting up a business, just go for it. Go and talk to, I know there are agencies that can help you as well. Go and have a chat with them. But I mean, I I think it's my next book, actually, How to Start a Business, really, because, mm. you know, um, anyone can start a business. It's keeping the business and sustaining it is the, mm. and anyone can plan it's implementing the plans, you know, and, and implementing those ideas, which is the hard part. It's really get yourself a mentor, like someone who you admire that you think, Do you know what, maybe they could actually help me. And someone that's been there, done that in the same industry. So if you're in the food space, you know, go and find someone in the food space who you really like and you really admire and just ask. And most leaders in their space will actually sit down, have a cup of tea with you, you know. Um, I've had that, you know, Fred Carlson from Dundee sat down, had a cup of tea with me. Bill Yao sat down, had a cup of tea with me. Like people did sit down and have a cup of tea with me when I had all these crazy ideas, you know. And and we can spot an entrepreneur and a startup a mile away. They're just, the enthusiasm is oozing out of them. They're all excited. And <laughs> it's really funny, you know, because I remember when I look back the way I was then, you know. Um, but... You need to have that courage, that uh, determination um, mm. and the right people around you. Now, I don't mean the right people around you as in, oh, the people in power, the people with money. I don't mean that at all. I mean the right people, good people who genuinely want to support you and help you. And, and it, I mean, confidence seems to be one of the biggest topics that come across when people are, are trying yeah. to out or you know there's obviously the fear you know you've got you've got bills to pay you know you 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 don't know what you're throwing yourself into especially if you don't um <clears throat> you know if you haven't done it before as an entrepreneur or, or you, you you're not aware of all the sports or if any are available at all i think a lot of people some some of the entrepreneurs i've known in my life have started out blind they weren't even aware there was grants or local enterprise offices or anything they just uh yep. went it. but Looking yep. to the future, I mean, what do you think we need to do as a, as a country to foster a better sense of entrepreneurialism? Because it's it, it's like a, a drumbeat that happens time and time again. We learn that the we can't always be relying on the foreign direct investment. We need more SMEs. But sometimes when I see SMEs, I see them beaten down by a lot of uh, red tape. It, it, it's, it's almost like there's so much to do around starting a business that the actual running of the business, starting a business, is almost like second place to the administration you have to do and all the, as you say, the setting up the various sites, etc. Well, actually, that part is probably the once you have the concept, the idea, get your name, figure out what your brand is going to represent, all of that stuff. You do have to put all that in down. And then a business plan. Ugh, I hate that part. And it's the most important part. Um, but there are start your own business courses that are brilliant. I did mine with Tony Ennis with the local enterprise office. I mean, there are there are people out there. But, you know, for 
for people, fear is a huge thing. Okay. And I don't know if it's the fear that it's not going to work or the fear of failure or whether it's just the fear of putting themselves out there because you do have to tell people you have a business. Now I'm quite confident, as you can hear, I'm not shy. So I was able to, everybody I met, I gave them a business card. It was so funny, like, you know, and I'd start talking about my business and then my, my family were bored out with their minds listening to me about my business, you know? So it is really important to, um, if you're confident that you have a good business idea, go and do your research. Find out, is this a viable business? Talk to someone um, get advice. But there is lots of red tape. And that's why my dream, what I'd love to see in Ireland, and I'd love to have one myself, do it myself for my Women's Inspire Network. I'd love to have some kind of crowdfunding um, thing for, for business owners. Like, let's say one of the girls needs a laptop you know, one of the women in the network. It'd be great if we could all just give five euros and get that laptop for her now, you know, uh, that kind of a thing I'd love mm -hmm. to have. Another thing I think, which would be kind of like an, an like Women's Inspire Network crowdfunding type thing, a fund of some sort, um, or for small business owners, where people could just crowdfund and get the new laptop. And sometimes it is just the lack of a new laptop that can stop someone. That's as simple as that. Like, I think every business owner when they start a business should get the basics, a printer, uh, business cards, a laptop, you know, they're the basic startup things you need to start a business. Once you have a laptop, a guy started mine on the laptop. I had nothing, you know, and once you have a laptop, you have your website, you have your social media platforms. Most of them are free, you know, and once you have some way of taking payments, that's really all you need to start, you know, um, you know, press releases, you know, we can't afford the big budget press exposure. So, you know, get, get, learn how to do that. Like maybe there's, there's loads of ways. I know the topics people, I'm going to read out the webinars I have lined up, right? Mm -hmm. So I know what topics people need right now. So the first one that's next week is how to plan for 2021. The next one is self-belief in times of doubt. The next one is using stories to attract your ideal client. Like that's a sales webinar. Next one is beginner's guide to Google Analytics. Like I know that this is the stuff that people need to learn right now. Um, but how to do a business plan in 2021 is definitely a big one. And, you know, I just feel that if every, I think every enterprise office, there should be, should be full of entrepreneurs. I think entrepreneurs, people that own businesses should be helping people who own businesses. Uh, what does the future hold for you now in the new year as you look into 2021 and you know, where, where you would have done in, in, in person events? Obviously, that's not on the cards at the moment. Everything's done through Zooms and webinars, etc. But what, what, do you, what does 2021 look like for Tweeting Goddess? Well, actually, our network always did everything online. So we didn't actually meet in real life, only annually at our annual conference. And I just did it last week and we had uh, 297 people came to our conference online. I had speakers from all over the world. Um, so it's very, very doable. Uh, we never actually met in real life, only little groups maybe in different areas, but it wasn't actually part of our thing. Our, our, part, our thing was meeting online, online coffee, online uh, webinars. Uh, next year, actually, there are a few people who've actually asked me about doing their own conferences. Could be a whole new business there. But mm -hmm. like once, once you're confident at running a, a conference online and these in-house events, they all need someone to do all this too, because they just don't have the time. They don't understand it. They don't have the know-how, whereas I know how. And once you have the know-how to do something, you 
possibly have a business there. If you have a talent and you're the go-to expert in your niche, become the go-to expert. Tell people that you are that expert and trust me that people will start coming to you. Samantha, with that, thank you so much. That was great. Samantha, Kelly, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>